Daniels. I am in my backyard in Southern California enjoying some lovely SoCal climate and I'm flying out to Jacksonville tonight to be a part of AEW on Wednesday. Uh, but before I do that, I want to use this shoot video to give you, Paul, a great birthday message. Happy birthday, man. Um, I know your birthday is tomorrow, so I hope you have a great day and a wonderful year. And I hope that you get a chance to celebrate uh, with friends and family in a very safe and healthy manner. Um, your dad tells me that you're turning 34. Uh, 34 is a great year. Congratulations. I remember when I was 34 back in 1977. Um, great year for me as well. Uh, wrestled for the NWA title against Harley Race. Uh, what a night. What a night that was for me. But anyway, that's not about me. It's about you. So, um, also uh, tells me that you are the host or co-host of the Kicking Out podcast. So I hope that you are saying nice things about me, even though I haven't been on television for a while. Uh, but keep this a secret. I might be coming back soon. So keep it secret. Don't tell anyone. All right. Thanks. Also, um, congrats on all the work at 92.1 um, in Indiana. I hope uh, you're playing the hits or at least not disco. Either way, I don't mind. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, uh, have a great birthday, dude. Have a great year. Uh, hopefully you get a chance to come see AEW live and in person in the coming months. And uh, just stay safe and healthy, man. Take care, pal. And it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host and the belated birthday boy, Paul Zartman. Pretty cool little shoot video from the fallen angel Christopher Daniels himself, Paul. Very yeah, good. yeah. Uh, he he got a few dates wrong, um, but <laughs> just a little. Uh, yeah, you know, in uh, '77 he wasn't 34; he was no. seven. Right. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what year he meant, but uh, we're I mean, not gonna we're not gonna pick on him for that yeah, one. Just just a little joke there. We we got to say yeah. nice things about CD from now on on the podcast. Not that we've ever mm -hmm. really talked bad on them bad about him to begin with, but no, no, we had a uh, very special little segment for him when they lost and uh, oh. talked about how great SCU was and how good CD is, and of course look forward to he's been doing a lot of behind the scenes work we look forward to uh if his little tease there is true and he ends up back on television i wasn't supposed to tell anybody <laughs> apparently but it's kind of all over our social media sure. so sorry yeah. about that cd yep it's out there for the whole aw world to see and, and hear now and uh and we all know that christopher daniels is not a fan of disco yeah I, I will not be playing any disco on uh, 92.1 WROI. That's for I sure. I didn't figure you would be. But, uh, Paul, another fun dynamite tonight. Uh, homecoming, as this one was titled, back in Daly's place. Um, they were acting like it's been a long time since they've been in Daly's place, but it's really only been about a month. Um, I know. But I think this is going to be the last time for quite a while, most likely. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, looking forward to if they do return to Daly's place. Uh, I had some, I have some comments based off of the uh, odd final segment of the show, but we'll get to that when we get to that. I, I like them having the homecoming event though at Daly's place. They did that last year in 2020. It was one of the shows they did get in before the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I like them keeping that going every year. Um, because Daily's Place is a cool wrestling setup, or the AEW Amphitheater, as um, they it was uh, mentioned at the end of the show to maybe start calling it now. So. Yeah, of course. Okay, so you went ahead and brought it up. I was going to wait till <laughs> the end. Know, I didn't know where you were going, yeah. but I, uh, yeah. I, I think that's kind of a cool little thing. You know, maybe Daily's Place, unless AEW's there, then it's the AEW Amphitheater. I think that'd be something a little cool, maybe TK can rebrand it as both or something. Yeah, it's very fitting. I mean, um, of course, when we recapped the uh, end of the Daily's Place era a few weeks ago, uh, we mentioned so many different memories that happened over the past year there. And it, it's a place that's always going to be in, in the hearts of AEW. And, and hopefully, hopefully they don't have to return there anytime soon. But uh, we will see on that. I know they got plans to just in case they need to. At least they have a home and like another company who'd be scrambling to try to find an arena to, to build their Thunderdome again. So, And of course, uh, you got some inside knowledge from Cody that they do have uh, plans in place and they are following all state mandates and yep. regulations 
yeah. for everywhere that they visit going forward. Yeah, and I think that's just how companies have to roll. I mean, companies don't want to perform without no fans unless they absolutely have to, of course. Um, I did see today, you know, WWE's holding SummerSlam at Allegiant Stadium out in, out in Las Vegas. It's going to hold 45,000. That plans are still on go for that, but every single um, person in attendance will have to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be hard to cheer with a mask on, you know, you and I were both at the uh, Indianapolis show and my voice was very scratchy the next day. So I can't imagine having that mask on top of it while trying to scream that loud. Yeah, it's um, I'm sure it's more difficult than it's not than not wearing a mask. But um, I guess it is what it is in some of these hotspots in these bigger markets. So it, it beats the alternative of not being able to go at all. So, exactly. Stay safe, so, um, stay healthy, like CD said. Yep, yep, stay safe, stay healthy, do what you got to do, um, Cody Rhodes. And I got the full media call from the uh, pre-homecoming uh, media call edition on our YouTube, on our Instagram, on our Facebook. So you can go check that out. And Cody was pretty outspoken how he feels about uh, vaccines and everything. So go check that out. I won't waste any more time as we get right into tonight's Dynamite, which opened up with the third labor of MJF's five labors for Chris Jericho to get through. Actually, it's four labors for him to get through. MJF would be the fifth waiting, presumably at all out. Uh, This one was uh, rekindling an old rivalry from the WCW days. Chris Jericho versus the Juice, Juventud Guerrera. You have any fond memories of the Juice, Paul? Um, Well, I remember they showed this as they were teasing it uh, throughout the week. I remember watching Jericho pin him flexing with just one foot on top of him. Like, you know, I'm so good. I don't need to do this. I remember that match. Yeah. So fond memory. Yeah. Yeah. Shivani tonight brought up 98 and Sturgis. Um, That was a classic pay-per-view match for anybody that followed WCW back then. Shortly before Jericho moved over to the WWF at the time. But I mean, I, I was pretty young when um, WCW was was in its in its heyday, but I do remember Hooventude, but um, I can't say I remember the matches with Jericho. I, I've went back and watched them, but I don't remember seeing them back then in the present day. But courtesy of Peacock, right? Absolutely. Well, it was <laughs> WWE Network at the time. I can't oh, okay. say I watched Peacock too much. Uh, yeah, but uh, but that, that kicked off the show tonight. I, I thought before the show started that that would be our opening match, and I was correct. Um, in my opinion, Paul, I thought this match kind of got off on some bad timing, on some bad footing, and it never really got going. The, really crowd was, the crowd was into it at the end, and there was a cool ending. Um, and, and what I'm talking about, timing. I mean, Juventud was slipping a little bit multiple times on the top rope. Jericho was in the ring waiting waiting on him a little longer than normal to um, perform the dives off the top rope and everything. But uh, Jericho did take control earlier in the, in the match and was beating Juvi along the ring side and tossed him back inside the ring. Uh, and then he hit a diving cross body for a two count. But Juvi came back with strikes and a buzzsaw kick and and then got a two count before locking in a submission. Jericho dropped him with several shoulder blocks into a diving double axe handle for two counts. Jericho then hit a backbreaker before attacking Hoovy and ripping off his mask, uh, which we've seen a lot of that in AEW, seems like, with luchadors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Chris countered with a Huracarana into a walls of Jericho before. And, and that was, I thought that was going to be how he won this match. He was, he, he had won a match years ago performing a walls of Jericho on the top rope. I thought that was maybe how he's going to win this match, but um, uh, Hoovy hit a swinging net breaker into a super kick for a two. Then he countered a power bomb into a DDT, and Jericho hit a Judas effect, but he went for the cover. And Aubrey's like, "No, you can't cover him." Jericho then went up to the top rope and hit a diving Judas effect, which was really neat for the pin and the win. I didn't see that coming, so that was a pretty cool ending to the match. I did. I, I will have to say, for not being a fan of the rest of the match, I thought the, the ending was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't realize Jericho was that agile still. <laughs> <laughs> just a little slower than he used to be. Yeah, just a little bit, but uh, you know, seeing him get up there, jump off, spin, and hit the Judas effect was fantastic. I agree with you. 
the one thing I did really enjoy, and I even texted you about this, MJF was on the headset as he has been for every other labor, and he yells at Aubrey, goes, if you don't count three the next time, we're going to have a problem. And sure yeah. enough, the next pin was a three count. Yep. Yep. Um, and then after the match, uh, we saw Wardlow come out and he attacked uh, Jericho and Hoover too, both actually laid them both out. Then MGF announced that Wardlow is going to be Jericho's next opponent. He's going to be the fourth labor and MGF will be alongside him at ringside. So thoughts yeah. on that? Uh, be a little bit difficult for Jericho, but of course the fourth before the fifth, it's always got to be that way. Yep. Uh, there did seem to be some type of confusion with commentary though, as commentary said he was going to be the guest ref yes, uh, and not just ringside. Right. Right. I think they cleared it up later on in, in the, yep. within the match graphic, but you're right. Commentary did have a little, little, little blimp there. Um, you got to think the inner circle is going to get involved with this one. Yeah, because uh, there's no stipulation saying the inner circle can't get involved. Um, if nothing else, I say Hager will be ringside. Um, now, of course, yeah. the graphic says it'll be just Jericho. Uh, but you got to say at least Hager ringside, if Something, not Hager and Sammy. Something's got to happen to even the odds. So yep. We then got a backstage interview with the Lucha Bros before they ultimately got interrupted by Andrade and Chavo. Uh, basically, Chavo's pretty much saying, still trying to get them to come over. They said they don't work for anybody. Um, Pac was supposed to be there with them, but his travel plans got canceled, and it was presumed that was by Andrade. So, uh, yeah, this feud's definitely going somewhere. I'm guessing we're going to get a Pac versus Andrade match it all out. Yeah, and uh, I just like the fact that uh... – from the moment Andrade said something about Death Triangle, my assumption was he was going to try to get to Lucha Bros. And you're like, no, I think he's going to take on all three of them. And so uh, I like yep. the fact that uh, he is trying to get the Lucha Bros to join him. And I'm glad that there's no question with the bros. They're just saying, no, we're not doing this. Get over it. I still do want to see him go against each of those individuals <laughs> individually, but um, maybe yeah. we have to wait on that for a little bit. We then got a backstage interview with the Dark Order before Hangman Page shows up briefly, and he uh, pretty much tells the group that uh, he's got to take care of the Bucks and Kenny by himself, and it's time for them to kind of split ways for a little bit. And which John Silver was fighting him the whole time, saying they're friends, they got they got his back. But then Evil Uno kind of said, you know, guys, if this is what he wants, we got to give him a space. Yep. <sighs> Hangman and Dark Order. <laughs> Tearing I knew all the AEW fans' heartstrings. Yep, all the BTE fans, too. Yeah. Um, I knew it was coming sooner or later. He never officially joined. Um, last week was the closest to joining that he's ever been. Uh, but I think him stepping away from the Dark Order, like you said, is perfect timing. It's the right thing to do. Um We'll see what happens. I don't know if he ever will join. I don't think he'll ever officially join, mm -hmm. but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see their friendship rekindle in the coming future. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors out there about a uh, recently released WWE wrestler. Maybe he could come in and take over the Dark Order, but I don't really want that to happen either. No, no. Um, Maybe join the Dark Order. They kind yeah. of follow him, but he's not the leader because Mr. Brody Lee Jr., as he's now listed on the AEW roster, is going to be the next Exalted One. Well, I believe one. If, if they wanted to bring somebody in to be the Exalted One, Amanda Huber, Brody Lee Jr., even their other son, who I can't recall his name off the top of my head, I think they would all have to sign off on it, honestly. Yeah, and... If it is anybody, I think it would be that recently released uh, Ray Wyatt. Everybody, that's what we're talking about. I mean, I we're just all, no secret. Like, I mean, yeah. all over social media, we're just all like that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Bray and Brody were best of friends, right. so I would see them having no problem. But I, I agree. I think Tony would want them their blessing before he did that. Well, and I almost think Bray would 
come in as a heel and they would turn to the dark side again. And I, I don't know if he can do that with the Dark Order. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll have I, to don't, see, but. I don't think even if they turned heel, they would be considered heel. They'd be more like a Britt Baker. Tweener. You know. Yep. He's got 90 day no compete, it sounds like. So it's going to be a while. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll everybody else, happens. they made sure everybody else had that 90 day after uh, Malachi Black. The, the creative freedom part I, makes me want to see him in AEW, but honestly, his style, I think, would fit great at New Japan. Oh, absolutely. I honestly think him, Rowan, and, and, and him, Rowan, and Strowman, all three of them, could go to New Japan, form their family again over there, and it would, it would be uh, great with the fans. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think the Japanese fans would eat that up. So mm-hmm. then we got a six man tag Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, and Darby Allen, along with Stain against Daniel Garcia and the new team debuting in AW 2.0. Um, I got to be honest, I wasn't very familiar with these guys until just the last few days. They were uh, previously in NXT, mm. and uh, their names are um, Matt and. Uh, where's the other one? Matt and no, I, <laughs> Chase. Matt and Chase Parker. Excuse me. I couldn't okay. read my notes. And, and I kind of got the vibes when they came out. They were giving me some Generation Me vibes. The Young Bucks characters from their Impact days. Okay. Just the way they were dressed and their jackets and everything. Yeah, I could see that. Generation Me vibes. But uh, a lot of people on Twitter are saying these guys are the real deal. So they're hoping they're signed full time, which... They put him in a pretty big match here. Yeah. So, you know, I know but, Daniel Garcia has been one guy that's really impressed people on dark and elevation. But that uh, that little promo makes you wonder if they're truly all elite. Right. You know, we we can go wherever we want, whenever right. we want, and challenge whoever we want. Right. So, saw so Darby and, and Daniel starting things off before Matt and Eddie come in and exchange chops. Um, and then Eddie dropped him and stomped him in the corner before distracting the referee. Uh, John choked him from ringside. Uh, Chase got some kicks in. Eddie in the kicked Eddie in the back, and he ran the ropes. Two point took control. We went to commercial. Came back. Uh, Eddie was still being isolated until he got the hot tag to John. I thought Moxley looked fantastic tonight. The best I'd oh, seen yeah. him in the ring for a while. He sent Daniel out of the ring. He took both members of Two Point out for a clotheslining mat and hitting an Xplex and DDT. Uh, and he DDT Daniel. Before uh, Darby hit a coffin drop for the pin and the win. My favorite spot of the match had to be when 2.0 ran into the sting and Darby came out nowhere at the Tope Suicida. Yeah, that like totally he caught me by surprise. He landed on his feet. Yeah. I, I was sitting there watching it and I'm like, you know, these guys are fanboying right now. It, oh, you're sting. You're the real sting. Yeah. And then you just get hit by Darby out of nowhere. I mean, he hit him hard too. Yes. Um, and he landed on his feet. And then after the match was pretty fun, you, you could tell Moxley and Kinks were loving it, being in the ring with Sting and having a good time. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. That yeah, was pretty cool. Those uh, those three guys are over for sure. All four guys, I should say, are over for sure. Yeah. We then got a video package promo with uh, Brian Cage and Team Taz as we go to the commercial. Uh, I was kind of hoping we were over this storyline, but it doesn't look like we are. No. But speaking of Team Tabs, I do want to uh, give thoughts and prayers out to Will Hobbs. Uh, you know, on his Twitter account today, he was announced that his mother passed away yesterday. So, oh, yeah, I never like uh, to hear that. No, that so thoughts and prayers out to Will yeah. Hobbs and his family. Uh, then backstage, we got the Elite. They were playing basketball, and then they cut a promo um, before going out to the ring for our next match. Pretty much a promo. Uh, we found out that the Good Brothers are going to defend the Impact Tag titles against Stu Grayson and Evil Uno next week. That'll be fun. First time we've seen the Impact Tag titles, I believe, defended on on AEW TV. I don't remember them previously being defended. No, because um, uh, the Good Brothers were still all with Impact at the time that they had it before. Um, so we got that, and then pretty much Matt and Nick Jackson were saying nobody can beat them and nobody can contend. That to me is a shot towards New Japan in the Gorillas. Mm-hmm. I think they're coming eventually. Still no win. And then we got Brandon Cutler trying to come up. They're going, "I'm a cheater now," and they're like, hey, "Yeah, shut up." Yeah, get it back. And then then Kenny was uh, talking trash about Hangman. Now Hangman wants the buzzer beater, one to last shot, and and can't hit it. So there was more to come on that later mm-hmm. in the episode. 
Uh, next match was Christian Cage versus The Blade, uh, who was accompanied by The Bunny, of course. Uh, Christian attacks The Blade when he's making his interest before tossing him into the ring, and he's beating him down before the match started and beat on The Blade along the ringside. Uh, before they get back inside, The Bunny distracts Christian before Christian counters a, a draping DDT and hits a reversal DDT for the two. Uh, Blade then drops Christian across the top rope and stomps him. Then we went to commercial. Back from commercial, Blade's in control, beating Christian down in the corner before uh, running into the post, and Christian takes him out with a dive off the top rope. Before they get back inside the ring, Christian hits uh, mounted punches in the corner before choking Blade into the ropes. Christian then hits a diving uppercut before Blade counters a kill switch and hits a powerbomb for the two count. Before, before Christian spears him for the win, um, Blade was trying to get the brass knucks when the when the uh, ref wasn't looking. That's the Blade's new thing. Christian spears him and uh, gets covered for the one, two, three. Yeah. Um, that's we also saw Layla Hirsch, Layla Hirsch come out and, and get involved with the bunny. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, and that mentioning Layla is important for another uh, backstage segment a little later on in the show. Um, yeah, that was a good match. I enjoyed it, honestly. Yeah, yeah it was good. I mean, Christian's always a good worker. Uh, um, the blade, the blade never wins on dynamite. He gets all his wins on dark and elevation. That's why it's always surprising to see how good of a win loss record he has because <laughs> he just never wins on dynamite. Yeah, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Blade's been getting some matches on Dynamite. I mean, we've seen him go against Orange Cassidy. We've seen him go against now um, Christian Cage, and I'm still waiting for the Butcher to come back. Yeah, I saw an interesting article. I didn't read it because it was from a source that I don't trust, but uh, the truth about what happened to the Butcher, and I went, okay, no, I'm not going to read that. You yeah, can he had put that, that he as had a headline. Surgery, that hand surgery or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think he's still recovering from that. Yep, he'll be back before you know it. Yep. Speaking of a guy who we don't know will be back, we got a video package promo by Santana and Ortiz and FTR. Well, mainly it was De- it was uh, Dex Harwood as Cash Wheeler. They showed the graphic, graphic gruesome injury from last week, and his forearm literally got pinched in with that hook, and it just sliced that thing open, and he lost a lot of blood, and he – he went on Instagram shortly before that promo and pretty much thanked everybody for the thoughts and concerns and the messages said he uh, hadn't got back to too many people, probably wasn't going to. Um, he took this past week off, went up to the mountains, get his head cleared. Doesn't know when he'll be back or when he'll be cleared. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was still unsure of exactly what caused it. I know there was speculation that he caught it on the corner of the post Um something happened at another point nobody knew for sure so uh seeing what caused it was uh-huh. and, and to pause with that skin oh yeah like it, that, it I was like, up my body. yeah my arm hurt just watching it yeah it uh, made so. my legs um tingle so it's uh hopefully quick recovery for him yep wishing him a speedy recovery Can't i'm sure that back um, in the ring Sure, that puts some second doubts in your mind about returning anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that rivalry is far from over. Yeah. Yep. So, can't wait to see Cash come back, but uh, take the time you need to recoup properly. Absolutely. Then we saw the AW, AEW Women's Champion Britt Baker come out to the ring with Rebel by her side. Uh, Tony Schiavone's in the ring to interview her, and typically, just like every Tony Schiavone interview. He doesn't get all the way through it as uh, Red Velvet interrupts him. And those two have words. Red Velvet pretty much wants a shot at, at the title, which Britt Brit Baker does give her a shot, which is going to be in Pittsburgh, a.k.a. Britsburg, next week. It's going to be the first AEW Rampage next Friday, August 13th. Those two will battle out for the AEW Women's Championship. And uh, Red Velvet gets taken out by Britt Baker and before she puts a crutch up to her throat, uh, choking her out. Yeah, uh, I text you because, you know, there's speculation that her uh, boyfriend might leave the company he's with. Adam Cole, baby. I told you, I said, if she says baby in some promo in the month of August, I'm going to lose it. So See what happens. Uh, his contract's running out after uh, shortly after SummerSlam. So. Yeah, uh, I read somewhere that literally SummerSlam will end, and so will his contract. 
Yep. It's, so. Well, I think the takeover events the night after SummerSlam that he's on. Okay. So okay. I think it'll end right after that night, but we'll see. Uh, WWE would be pretty stupid to let that one go, but they've let a lot of good talent go as of late. So, <laughs> yeah, we shall see. It'll be interesting. It'll be. I could see it going either way. So, uh, backstage we got Andrade again, briefly being interviewed uh, before Chavo shows up, and he shows up with one of Paul's favorites, Fuego del Sol. The master of the tornado DDT. As uh, Chavo was telling Fuego, he's got to clean Andrade's shoes, but Andrade beats him up and lays him out, throwing him multiple times into the garage door as we go to the commercial. But you know what? At least Fuego's on Dynamite. He got a big <laughs> pop from the crowd, and he is getting appearances on Dynamite. It might just be getting his butt kicked every week, but that's um, that's telling me that Tony's listening, and he's aware. Mm-hmm. They may not have come to the exact terms of a contract yet, but he's still allowing still him to come along and, you know, still paying for his uh, airfare and hotel still get, room. Still and, getting on dark. So, mm-hmm. yep, he's, uh, you know, Sammy maybe shouldn't have pulled the trigger on that farewell episode like he did a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, yeah, especially, I mean, he should have known it was doomed since halfway through the upload. It failed yep. and then his computer crashed. Yep. That should have been key number one. Don't yep. upload this. <laughs> sure thing. We then go to the ring, uh, and they, they previewed this before. They uh, advertised this before we went to commercial that Heyman Page would be speaking when we got back from commercial break. Heyman comes out there and addressed what happened early in the night with the Dark Order, but he was interrupted by the Elite before Adam says that there's something he needs to clear up with them, and he's need to clear it up for a while. But everyone gets in the ring before Adam says what he wants to say. And he doesn't want to re- rejoin the elite. Kenny then tells Hangman that they don't have losers, failures, or anyone who plays second fiddle in their group before Hangman slaps Kenny and the elite takes out Hangman before he's briefly saved by the elite hunter, Frankie Gazarian, who he's dumped out and laid out along ringside and the good brothers beat him up. Kenny then lays Adam out with the uh, AW world title before standing tall. Everybody celebrates, and I should mention the Bucks hit about three BT triggers on Hangman 2. So I think Hangman's going to be written off TV for a little while. Um, yeah, I think it'll be uh, good. You know, write him off. Let these big stars that are signing contracts right now with AEW come in. Let their hype kind of start to die down a little bit. And then, boom, Hangman shows back up. Well, all the reports last week coming out, uh, Wrestle Talk, I think, broke it. And then Wrestling Inc. and Fightful also seconded or confirmed it that not only is Heyman not going to be challenging for the world title at all out like we expected for months, it doesn't even look like he's going to be on the card. Right. That tells me one or two things. Either A, has an injury of some sort, or B, I believe he and his girlfriend or fiance are expecting the baby soon. See, I wasn't sure. I thought I had heard rumors that he was going to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't remember, though, because I made a comment to somebody. Uh, I bet all those, because Hangman used to be a teacher, I said, I, I bet all those girls in his class are disappointed that they're not carrying his baby right now. <laughs> so, you know, maybe uh, maybe there's a wedding in the future. I mean, Hangman's very private, so my My guess is it's got something to do with uh, expecting a baby here in the near future, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, to keep your one of your hottest talents off, your biggest show of the year. There's got to be good reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and uh, speaking of the man that tried to save uh, Hangman Adam Page, it is Frankie Kazarian's birthday today. So happy birthday, Frankie. Yes, it's his birthday. It's uh, Pac's birthday and Dean Malenko's birthday. So a okay. day full of AEW birthdays today. So happy birthday to the Iceman, the Bastard, and the uh, Elite Hunter. So. <laughs> We then got the TNT Championship match between Mero defending against the uh, Nightmare Family's Lee Johnson, who was along, alongside him at ringside was Dustin Rhodes. And I got to admit, Paul, this match went on a lot longer than I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah, when they said commercial break, I went, wait, what? There's no way you can have this end in the middle of a commercial break. I thought this was going to be a squash match, and mm-hmm. Lee put up a pretty good fight. Um, Miro did get the win in the end with the uh, game over and man, the crowd was hot for Miro at the end, all of the crowd chanting game over with him and Miro's looking dominant again. 
Yep, yep. Uh, liking the new little tweaks he's made to the title with the white strap and the green banner. Uh, looks very nice. New music. Uh, new music. So uh, I think he has officially made himself God's favorite champion. He's not the best man anymore. He's promoted the God's <laughs> favorite champion. So who 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 we going to see him face for the TNT title? You know, I don't even have a clue at this point. I'm thinking Jungle Boy. You think so? But well, Jungle Boy's up there in the rankings right now. Yeah, but well, Jungle Boy's been up in the rankings. I think six months after but AEW I also, started. I, I also think Jungle Boy's the guy who could potentially take it off him, and I, they're not going to pull that trigger this quickly. So right, right. It's not an all-out type thing. It'll be 2022 before. Miro drops that title, I bet. Yeah, and then once Miro drops the title, I think he could get right into the world heavyweight title picture. And I think that's why he needs to drop it is, you know, oh, look, I'm, I've am i made this title relevant. I'm the longest reigning champ. I've got the most title defenses. I want the big gold. But when it comes to the title pictures, I mean, my guesses are way off now. I thought Hangman <laughs> would win it at all out and then shortly after that lose it to MJF. That was kind of my prediction two months yeah. ago, and now that now it's yeah. way off. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I really don't know because I thought Hangman would be the next AEW champion. Because because you know Kenny's pretty beat up. There's been stories backstage mm-hmm. that you know he's pretty beat up. But if they're really going to do these, these super shows with other companies and stuff, I don't see him losing it anytime soon. No, especially because the other companies that they're talking about uh, partnering with. Kenny holds titles in those companies. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so having him drop the world title would make absolutely no sense at this point. Right. Right. It's going to be interesting to keep our eyes on that. And I think that might be one reason that they pulled Hangman from the match is because Hangman would have taken it from him. That was the only way that could have gone. Well, if they keep that going, which the angles and I tells me they're going to, Pick it back up eventually. Mm-hmm. You got to think maybe they pull the trigger in November at full gear down St. Louis. Because I don't know if they can wait clear to revolution in, in February. By that time, you're, you're, you're risking that becoming stale. Yeah, unless he's off till closer till November. If they keep Hangman off TV that long, you know, come out the next few weeks trying to say, I need to clear something up with the elite. And every week he gets taken out. And then finally, you know, September, they wipe him out completely. I was going to say, it's going to take a heck of a beatdown because, I mean, tonight's might put him off for a little bit. But, I mean, the nastiest beat, one of the nastiest beatdowns we've seen in AEW was when Brody Lee and Dark Order took out Cody and he was gone for like five weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, to get a beatdown that doesn't compare to what the Dark Order did to Cody and be off for two months with two, three, Four months would make no sense. You're right. So, well, we'll have to see. It's uh, that's a great thing about AEW. They keep us guessing. We don't predict every it very well. Every time we think we've got it roped in, they swerve it. Yep. We then got a graphic for the four man announced team uh, for the debut edition of Rampage, uh, as well as that Christian Cage was going to be speaking. Those four men are Mark Henry, which we knew he was going to be on commentary. Chris Jericho, which we had been speculating for a while, Excalibur, and Taz. Pretty good yes. team of announcers there. Yeah, and, you know, um, I didn't think about it, but you said for the debut. Maybe it will just strictly be for the debut. Could be. Maybe we'll feel it out. And I mean, Taz is already doing uh, Dark as commentary. Yeah, he and Excalibur. Uh, yep. Yeah, maybe they'll kind of shift them back that way more and stick with Jericho and Mark Henry. Cause you got Shivani and, and Paul white on elevation. Mm-hmm. So yep, whole bunch of teams, whole bunch oh, of commentary yeah. teams. We then went backstage, saw uh, Tony interviewing Christian after he defeated the blade. And it's pretty much now he's the new number one contender for Kenny Omega's AEW world title thoughts on a potential Kenny Omega Christian cage title match at all out. Paul, rushed but i'd be okay with it well they planted the seeds a few months ago with the stare down but the christian even said he had to get more wins under his belt he's done that mm-hmm. and i think christian i think christian's a great worker don't get me wrong but 
this match to me feels like a big dynamite main event, not your main event for the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Mm-hmm. And see, here's the problem. He's undefeated. To have him go into all out and lose is going to suck. Well, it's it almost tells me that Punk's got a debut in Rampage on August 20th. You know. And they're going to rush into a match and Punk's your main event match with somebody else because if mm-hmm. Punk's if if Punk is making his AEW debut match at All Out. That's going to be your headline the next day, mm-hmm. no matter what. That maybe is why they didn't want to pull the trigger with Hangman winning the title right now, because it would be overshadowed by whatever Punk does. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think I kind of, I text you about this, you know, that's where you get Kenny to say, look, I'm the EVP. I don't feel like defending. I'm not going to defend. Deal with it. I yeah. think that's how you get out of him not defending it All Out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think it's going to be Christian and Kenny, but will it be the main event's the question? And if it is the main event, you got to think something big's got to happen after the match, whether it's – I still think Punk debuts now before Hullout. Um, Does a guy named Brian Danielson appear? I don't know. Mr. Generic. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're just going to have to see. I don't know. It's That just doesn't feel like – Hangman and Kenny felt like a huge main event match for your biggest pay-per-view of the year, but yeah. Christian and Kenny, to me, not so much. Maybe to other no. people, but not to me. No, maybe for something, you know, like um, Revolution or, um, oh, yeah, just drew a blank on the other two pay-per-views. Double but, or nothing. Yeah. Or full gear. But even those, I mean, just to me, it feels like a, Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen or Homecoming Edition Dynamite, it could be the main event. Or even yeah. the Grand Slam, which I think they're going to have big stuff and plan for the Grand Slam event. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it's not a, not yet. Now, if we build Christian Kenny, then maybe we'll get that big main event feel. But for all out, no, it's not going to feel like a big main event. Yeah. We got a month. Left, so mm-hmm. we'll see what they do from now till then. So we then got the Bunny versus Layla Hurst. This was the NWA World Women's World Title Number One Contender match. It's interesting, they're still doing this relationship with the NWA, even though the NWA's back in action, and they just sold out tickets to their pay per view in St. Louis coming up at the end of the month. Um, uh, Layla Hurst ends up getting the win over the over over the Bunny. Um, after she hit a series of German suplexes in a, in a Metarora in the corner, then hit a running knee, she missed a moonsault. Bunny hit a DVD for near fall, but Layla locked her in the armbar, and that forced Bunny to tap out. Then after the match, we saw Camille, who is the NWA Women's World Champion, confront Layla Hirsch, and they were showing her in the alongside or inside during the match. Uh, quite a bit of different height. <laughs> there. Yeah. I know Layla's only 4'11. 11, but, but Camille's pretty tall. Yeah, I was going to say, how tall is Camille? Is she like six foot? She's impressive looking. She's got a mm-hmm. figure of a bodybuilder, kind of, or just really into bodybuilding. And uh, that's going to be interesting. All cards are going to be against Layla, but we'll see. We'll see if she can pull it out. Hate me if you want Camille and Jade for the NWA title. No, I even thought that earlier <laughs> in the day. I'm like, yeah, th- those two would be, that'd be really fun to watch. So, which mm-hmm. we did get a Jade Cargill, a little promo. First time yeah. we've seen her on TV. There had been rumors circulated online that she was, had been injured. She squashed those rumors today on Twitter. Um, but yeah, her and Mark Sterling pretty much said that they had been around the country getting deals and everything for her. And, now they're back in AW and she's going to be competing on Monday's elevation. Yeah. Oh, um, quick note on the Christian promo that I forgot to mention. If there was any question about whether or not CM Punk was coming to AEW, I think Christian kind of helped answer that because uh, he says, "Oh, well, you know, when you're you're good at something, or you're better than good at something, you're you're what?" And that left the opening for best in the world. Because Tony so said went, the best. Yeah. And then he goes elite. <laughs> I I thought it was coming. I thought it was going to be the best in the world. And no. I was like, all right, there it is. 
Yeah, if they did that again, though, two weeks in a row, it would have been like, okay, come on. But Well, I mean, I think, like I said, if if he's not there, the AEW is going to get a lot of backlash for that. I mean, they've sold out the United Center. I in mean, five minutes. Yeah, they, they pre-sold the 12,000 tickets and then sold out the rest in five minutes. I mean, it, yeah, you can't tease us enough not pull the trigger. Exactly. You can't do it. You can't do it. I know there's been times before, believe it when I see it, but I'm going to be pretty, pretty disappointed come the 20th if he's not there. Mm-hmm. So we then got our, well, we got a preview for next week's matches, which I don't have in front of me. I just remember we got a preview for them. Um, yeah, I don't even recall what's, what's uh, going on next week. The only one I can even, uh, the tag match for the Impact titles. Yep. Um and Jericho Wardlow, those are the only two I can remember at this yeah, time. Then, then they were um, advertising uh, Red Velvet and Britt for the falling rampage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I think and, that's... and uh, Nyla Rose and uh, Oh yeah, Statlander because they had a face to face during the women's match. Yeah, which I did not realize those two were the same height until tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be a good one. So mm-hmm. we then got the main event, which I think we all thought was going to be the main event because it was on the, all the graphics and everything. Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Really big fight feel for this one. Malachi comes out first. I think everybody was interested to see what his uh, entrance and his entrance music was going to look and sound like. Pretty similar to kind of what he had in WWE, but uh, he had a mask on this time. A really cool entrance. I was all for mm-hmm. it. Cody came out to a mix of boos and cheers. Uh, start off with heavy boos and then some cheers kind of got in there. Um, the two were ex- exchanged standing strikes, and um, before Malachi locked in a knee bar, Cody transitioned into a figure four. But Malachi dug his fingers in Cody's eyes um, before Cody rocked uh, Malachi with Enziguri. Malachi uh, sw- swept them and uh, locked in a half crab because he kept working Cody's leg the whole time. Um, Cody gets on the top ropes. Or gets to the ropes for a rope break. Malachi counters the crossroads before uh, kicking Cody off the top rope and uh, through the timekeeper's table at ringside. Uh, Cody gets back inside. Malachi hits the black mass and stands on Cody for the quick one, two, three in the victory. Yeah. Uh, I looked at the time as the bell rang. Left. And I went, okay, so what's happening here? Yep. Yep. I, so. I, I thought, I, honest to God, before tonight, I thought we were going to get a pretty quick match between these two and Malachi was going to go over, just like Brody Lee did. So when I saw the time when the match was beginning, I'm like, wow, we actually might get a long, decent match. Then Malachi finishes off pretty quickly. I'm saying, okay, what's going to happen afterwards? Yeah, after, and, after, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, I thought maybe there was going to be a debut of some sort, but then Tony kind of squashed that when he said, I'm going to go get a yep. quick word from Cody. After the match, we saw Shivani interview Cody. Uh, Cody's Talks about three years ago, everybody was laughing at him and the Bucks and Kenny when they said they were going to start a revolution. Now look at the company. It's the company where um, they can feed people. People are coming to the table. Um, They're not an alternative. They are competition. So, you know, taking that shot WWE or bringing them up yet again, which I don't mind when they do that, but at the same time, it's like, I don't like how often they do bring up WWE because they're always on their mind kind of in a way. Mm and I, I wish they wouldn't think like that. But um, he's getting emotional, talking about, you know, when he started the business in the business at 15 as a ref, he just wanted to eventually win the title. The title got taken from his dad at Mass Square Garden. Then he uh, fired WWE instead of them firing him, yada, yada, yada. Talks about the creation of AW like I was just mentioning. And then he goes to take off his boots and pretty much says it's been a pleasure. He gets one boot off, stands up, salutes the crowd, but Malachi Black hits Cody in the back with a crutch before taking the boot that Cody took off and stood over Cody while saying something off mic as the show came to a close. So Cody was trying to say farewell, but Malachi is not going to let him say farewell forever. It's just a goodbye, see you later. Yep, and uh, taking one boot kind of says, you know, I'm half retired. So, Well, you know, a few... You know, a few years ago, he said he only wanted to wrestle a couple more years. So he is getting on the back end of his career. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any secrets of that, but uh, he'll be back. He's going to take some time off to go film season two of the Go Big Show. And, and I believe his own reality shows 
wrapping up filming as well. Yep. Um, yep. at the top or whatever it is. Um, yeah. But uh, he'll be back. It'll be interesting storyline. It's going to remind me pretty is so far it reminded me pretty similar of the Brody Lee storyline with him for the TNT title when Brody got it off of him. But Cody put over Malachi Black big time tonight as he should. Yeah. So uh, to all those uh, people who say, "Oh, Cody always books himself to win and he never puts anybody over," uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, I would have been. I would have been very angry if if Cody. Went over tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Cody did take a couple stabs at the other company, but I think part of the reason is because WWE is constantly talking about AEW. In all the interviews here lately, it's been, you know, Vince comments on AEW, H comments on AEW. Well, they get asked about it, though. Yeah. The media yeah. asks them about it. The media is trying to get them to say, but you never hear them say it on their own. TV right. program. Right. They're not just going to come out and go, ah, well, yeah. since, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony of uh, Degeneration X, right. when H referred to it as a pissant t-shirt right. company. Right. But other than that, I mean, they've never mentioned it. Not so. not too often, at least. I mean, and yeah. they shouldn't. I mean, they they right. that would be a problem if they would. They know, we all see the ratings. We all see the momentum AEW's getting. And I understand what Cody... He was the one that was in the WWE the longest out of all those guys mm-hmm. and, and had the history with them. But it, So I understand the jab. I have no problem with it. I'm just saying I wish they wouldn't bring it up as often as they do. Right. Because then you do see interviews with Jericho, and he said, we're not worried about them. We're worried about ourselves. Well, and Your then, EVPs and, say yeah, otherwise. Right, right. So. Yep, yep. But uh, overall, Paul, what did you think of tonight's show? Rating from 0 to 10. I'm going with a solid 7.5. 75. Um few errors tonight that really could have been avoided um that threw me off, you know, Kenny's mic kept cutting in and out. Uh Tony had problems backstage with his mic cutting in and out. Um I mean the camera angles tonight were some of the best camera angles I've seen in a while from AEW. Um but yeah, I just stick with a 7.5. I'm going to go with a seven. I think it went seven a lot. I mean, another solid show. Um, the opener, like I said, didn't do a ton for me. Uh, Hooventude's timing just wasn't there. Um, it was a little rusty. Um, the women's match was fine, but it's another 930 time slot women, women's match. Um, I mean, I, I was just really looking forward to the main event. Um, and then, and then the whole Christian kind of becoming the number one contender thing. I mean, like I said, it is what it is, but. It feels just like a big dynamite main event to me, not a main event of your biggest pay-per-view of the year. But maybe they'll win me over here in the next few weeks with a solid build. We'll see. So uh, that comes to Wrestler of the Week. Yeah, I'll take this one first this week. Uh, I think I know who uh, you're going to grab, so go right in. I mean, you can take the same person as me if you want, because it's pretty obvious to me, Malachi Black. I mean, it's it's his debut. He takes out one of the biggest stars in the company. Um, dominant and he dominated. Um, yep. now I'm just anxious to see what his next story is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with you. Uh, Malachi black is yeah. my pick Jericho or, uh, not Jericho, but Christian close second. Um, I, w- I was almost there. The entrance that Malachi black had is what pushed me over to Malachi. Cause I knew from last week you were going to pick Malachi tonight. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, I got to pick somebody else. And I'm like, well, you know, okay, Christian, he won. I've got the Outwork Everybody shirt. Uh, a big Christian fan. He's number one contender. I'll go Christian. And then that entrance hit. Now, nope, it's Malachi Black. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they've built him the right way since he's come in. They've done a really good job with him. Um, he has an interesting interview on um, this week's Talk is Jericho. If you haven't yep. listened to that, it came out earlier this morning. Seems like a really good guy. Um, oh, absolutely. A guy that gets so invested in his character. Yes. Mean, his character is so deep. It's unbelievable how much thought he puts into it. And just, I'm watching him tonight, and I'm enjoying his kicks and his strikes. And I'm like, the WWE let this guy go. Mm-hmm. It just makes me chuckle. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, and it was nice to see him in shorts instead of trunks. Yep. Because yep. I feel that was the one thing WWE did wrong with him, apart from letting him go. 
Um, I wanted to see him in something other than Trunks. I'm not a big fan of Trunks. Certain guys can pull him off, but a character like at the time, Alistair Black in Trunks, uh, not for me. Yeah. No, I, uh, I really enjoyed the main event. I thought they did a good job. The ending, I mean, yeah, it was interesting, interesting way to go off, but, um, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll it'll be long-term storytelling. Exactly. Because it's like, you know, Cody says, look, I'm done. But Malachi says, no, you're not. No, no. I mean, you knew he wasn't going to be truly be done. Even, even if he would have taken both boots off and went off TV like that. Yeah. He'll be back. So, yep. 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 He'll be back. That's for sure. Uh, any more final thoughts, Paul? Anything else you want to hit on? Uh, visit ProWrestlingTees.com and uh, buy some Kicking Out podcast merchandise. Support uh, our podcast and look fantastic doing it. And Pro Wrestling Tees is running a promo right now for 20% off. It's uh, promo code SUMMERTIME. Yep, SUMMERTIME. I think that goes until noon on the 7th, I believe. So. so buy some kicking out podcast yep. merchandise at a discounted price. Yep. 20% off. We got three t-shirts on there. Hoping to get a few more designs on there. Eventually I've been uh, slacking a little bit in that <laughs> department. So I've been busy with some other uh, things. And we both have uh, some pretty busy lives outside of the kicking yeah, out podcast. Yeah, we haven't, I haven't put my time to it. I'll get on that maybe this weekend and get a few more designs up there. Hopefully a few more different colors or different, different things. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to mention and I'm not remembering what it was. Mm, so, oh, um, um, yeah. The media call, like I said, mm, yeah. Cody Rhodes media call, of course. Um, he, he mentioned a lot about tonight's homecoming, which you've all either watched or just heard about on this podcast. So maybe some of it you can fast forward, but he did hit on a lot of other questions. And I'm sure he'll have a media call before All Out in a couple weeks. I hope to be on oh, that I'm one, sure. too. So, All right. um, yeah. And um, hopefully have some more interviews coming up sometime soon. Don't have anything on the books yet, but working yeah. on a few things. Uh, if you haven't yet, go check out my latest interview with uh, Dave Hancock. He does a social. He runs the social media accounts for all the ad-free shows, podcasts. Um, good guy. Loves wrestling. Loves talking wrestling. So, uh we had a fun conversation, so go check that out. That's on our Facebook, our Instagram, and our YouTube, which please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Um, follow us on – or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. Uh, and uh, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you primarily listen to your podcast. We really appreciate that. That helps us out a lot. Um Besides that, Paul, I think that's all I got. And you can follow me on Twitter. My handle's down here at the bottom of the the overlay <laughs> at TannerLee92 and Paul's at PaulZartman921. And with that, you uh, you grabbed the social media portion of it. So <laughs> join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast.